Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. Over the last two seasons, Aaron Jones has appeared in 15 games while Jamal Williams has played in 21 games. During that span, Jones has a 5.7 yards per carry average while Jamal Williams has managed just 3.67 yards per carry. Hi everyone, I'm James Swanson, this is Pad the Stats, that's Pat Cotter, and this is the only fantasy football podcast you will ever need. So to put things into perspective a little more on that opening line, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, and when we're talking about the Green Bay backfield, Jamal Williams has had 101 more carries than Aaron Jones so far in their careers, both in their second season. And yet, Williams has had just 156 more rushing yards on those 101 extra carries. So, news flash to Mike McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers is handing the ball off to the wrong running back. Please start using Aaron Jones more than Jamal Williams. Please, please, please. We got that news clip yesterday that McCarthy says, well, there's more to, to being a running back than just running the football you know, is Aaron Jones that bad of a pass catcher? Is he that bad of a pass blocker that they're not confident on in playing him more? I think is something that um, we're just kind of curious about. They still have a lot of faith in Jamal Williams, but it's just, it's so frustrating because we cannot seem to get enough, you know, we can't get enough out of Aaron Jones right now. And it's it's just really frustrating for fantasy owners. Um, we're going to talk about that and more, and that's actually a little bit of a, a preview for our three burning questions we're going to talk about. Packers backfield is going to be one of those things. But first, hi, Pat. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Just jumped up to the first spot in our league after taking down Dwayne this week. Uh, feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, big w- back to number one for you. Oh, after yeah, my, my, my needed the, the spot I belong, you know? <laughs> So you think? So you think? I'm maybe I'll be coming for you here in a little bit. Who knows? I unlikely. Maybe we'll see. I'm currently three and two, doing all. I'm okay. I'm getting there. I'm like fifth in points or something yeah. like that. So, um, that's that's our most competitive league. Our one we care about the most, I guess you could say. Fourteen oh, yeah. team PPR, three bench spots. It's just it's a tough. It's a grueling league. It's very very competitive. Um, how did your other fantasy teams do this week, Pat? Do you know how you? what your record was in your eight leagues off offhand? Well, I think I only lost in in one league I can think of right now. I think I might have went eight or seven and one. Um, That's I, good. And I, it came down to the wire. I had Drew Brees in there. I needed him to get me 30 or what it was like. I was down by like 30 points, and then Drew Brees, I ended up losing by like four points after they didn't get that last touch. And I was just rooting for him to get to put, punch it in there right at the end and get that yeah. 500th touchdown. But, you know, they didn't want it for that game. I guess save it well, for another week. We were, it was funny because we're sitting there watching it, and I'm like, dude, they're not going to – they're taking Breeze out. They're going to call a timeout. They're going to take I him out of the game. And it. you're like, no, they're going to let him have that 500th touchdown. I thought for a second there they would take a shot at it. But what a cool moment for Drew Brees – Passes Peyton Manning for the all-time uh, yards leader in passing. Um, big, big night. A fun night. Well, I, I heard an interesting stat today um, that uh, that it was like Drew Brees has passed for over six, like six hundred. Like he's passed over like six hundred passes in his career, like nine times. Where Peyton Manning's only done that. 
twice. Okay, so it's a pass attempt thing. Yeah, that like helped it, that he just, Breeze I mean, get there it's a little the quicker. Era. It's just the era. Well, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm that, that makes that, sense. That, yep. I, Breeze is an amazing, amazing quarterback, and he definitely deserves this honor. But, you know, is it that big of a deal? I mean, it's just that he's played a lot, basically. This is a, you've played yeah. a lot in, a, in an era and on a team that you needed to pass the ball a lot to even stay competitive. Right. Congratulations to him, but like, is it was it that big of a moment? Was it like they made it seem like it was when um, uh, Mark McGuire broke the home run record? Like, I don't think it was that big of as big of a deal as they made it. Anymore, seem. no. I would uh, the one thing I would argue though is Drew Brees only came into the league three years later. Was it three years, four years later than Peyton Manning? Yeah. So their eras were They're matched clear, up yeah. pretty well, yeah. but but the fact that Brees played in an offense with Sean Payton yeah. that centered it around that more so. And, I mean, what, Matt Stafford was, like, the fastest quarterback to get to 10,000 tw- yards, 20,000 yards, 30,000 yards, and he probably – I mean, what if Matt Stafford breaks this record that Brees is about to set? Like, are we going to be like, oh, my God, Matt Stafford, the best quarterback to ever walk the planet Earth? Yeah, that's a good point. Probably not. (laughs) Most likely not. Um, Yeah, that's an interesting thing to talk about maybe like 10 years down the road. Yeah. When we get to that point where maybe we have a couple more guys challenging Drew Brees for that record. We will. We we probably will. We 100% will. Yeah. Um, But, for I mean, there's no disputing the fact that Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer. Uh, first ballot and one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, probably. No, definitely not. Um, all right. Well, there was something else I wanted to talk about, and it was actually from the Saints-Redskins game last night. You know, the fact that we had 40 points up on the board from the Saints, right? 40-plus um, points. I think, did they end up with 40? Was it 40 to 13 or yeah, something, something, something like that, that right? And... The fact that Alvin Kamara only had, I think, five fantasy points, Pat. Any concern about Alvin Kamara now that Mark Melvin Ing- or Melvin Ingram, Mark Ingram, is you know back into the Saints lineup? None at all. I I'm, this actually makes me really happy. Uh, yeah, he's going to take a little bit of a hit, and he might not be the number one player in fantasy anymore, but he's still a top ten player, easy top five probably in player in fantasy. He's going to get his touches. He. Didn't do all that much this this week, but it just I think they were trying to get Mark Ingram worked back into the system. And the script might have went in his favor, and then ty- and also trying to get him back going. I think the Kamara is going to be a, a stud going forward, and you don't, really don't need to worry about it. You mm-hmm. know, Mark Ingram is going to help them extend drives and make this offense more potent. So I'm just pumped from in general for that way. Yeah. Do you think people, fantasy owners, would freak out about last night and be like, oh my gosh, like an Alvin Kamara owner? I'm trying to trade for Alvin Kamara anywhere I can get him. Yeah. I would, I'm would. i about to be sending trades out all week trying to get mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara for whatever if I you're, can. If you're in a very competitive league, probably not the case. Nobody's panicking or anything I have like that. One but you might, be in a, you might be in a league where a, an owner is like, oh no. Yeah, so five points. They saw that last night and they see yeah. Mark Ingram's back in and carried the ball 16 yeah. times. Yeah. Something to look out for. Look, try um, to get him. Try to get him. Yeah, so uh, what other takeaways, I guess, from last night? I guess let's talk about Mark Ingram really quickly. Do we think that he has a chance to become a top 10 back again this season? Like, say, you know, weeks five through uh, the end of the season, do you think he can be a top 10 back like he was last year? I think so. I mean, judging by last night, he's going to be killing it. He he touched the ball a lot. He looked good. He's, he's, a, he's you know, a lot more powerful and a lot more of a decisive runner than Alvin Kamara is. He's going to get those five-yard chunks in, on a good team. He, can, he has a lot of chance to score touchdowns, so I think he's going to be a top-ten player. Mm-hmm. Top-ten running back in fantasy. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, could he be better than Kareem Hunt rest of season? Yeah. Yeah? I think so. I'd rather I have I, Kareem Hunt, I, I think. think I'd, but... I mean, right now, I'd rather have Kareem Hunt, but we'll see mm-hmm. how the workload goes goes going forward. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility they could finish better than Kareem Hunt. How about Mark Ingram or either one of the Patriot running backs rest of season? Definitely Mark Ingram. Okay. All right. All right, cool. Uh, let's get into um, three burning questions. Three burning questions that I have written down here, and they all concern running backs. A lot of backfield talk, and the first one, I mentioned it at the top of the show, what do you do with the Packers' backfield right now? I already laid out the stats for you. 15 games for Jones in his career, 21 games for Williams. 105 carries, 595 yards, five touchdowns for Jones. 206 carries, the 100 more carries. I mean, it's just, it's it's so evident that, and Pat, we just talked about this off the air you don't. We don't like to typically look into um, yards per carry too, too much as an indicator of how good a running back is or how bad a running back is because there's so many more factors. But I think this is a prime example of a time where it matters that Aaron Jones is the superior talent to Jamal Williams. Um, I guess how do we? How should we view these? How should fantasy owners view this backfield the rest of the season? My take is Jamal Williams is. If you want to roster him fine in a deeper league, I'm in a situation where I have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, so I'm holding on to Williams just because. Now, if I I would be just fine with dropping Jamal Williams for one of the Eagles running backs, Wendell Smallwood or Corey Clement. I'm probably not going to do it in in our league, um, but I think that's a situation where you can you can safely drop Jamal Williams. He is an RB four. Uh, at this point, RB5, I mean, to be quite honest, and Aaron Jones is really no more than an RB3 right now just because of the situation that he's in. Now, in a 14-team league like we're in, he's my RB2, and that makes a little bit more sense because you're you're just hoping for those. If you have stud-wide receivers, you can hope for those 11 or 12 points in a game, and um, I think you can be fine there. But if you're in a 12-team league, you know, Aaron Jones is a person who's a guy who's no more really than a flex right now. Do you agree with everything I just said? Yeah, I agree. I would agree with you. I, you know, I like Aaron Jones the best out of this backfield, but I don't think he's got it locked down yet. And who knows? He's had trouble struggle. He's had troubles with injuries in the past, so he could get injured. And then Jamal Williams is an open workload to that. Now, if you have to drop Jamal Williams, say there's somebody out there like a Wendell Smallwood or a, a Corey Clement that you can pick up, I would probably do that. But I don't see any problem with keeping him on there just in case something happens or if he just does take over this backfield. Would you rather have Jamal Williams or Austin Eckler on your back? Easily Eckler. I'd rather have Eckler than Aaron Jones, honestly, at this point. Okay. And he's been just killing it, you know. It's it's close. Eckler, I don't believe Eckler's going to can sustain this, but he's just he's one of those guys that's just like he's just producing with every touch he has. It's hard to doubt him, really. Yeah. And imagine if Gordon goes down, he's going to be a stud. Oh, 100%. He will be an absolute stud. In PPR leagues, you're looking at a very good RB2, a high-end RB2, I, I would think, at this point. Um, you know, Especially with the way the Chargers use that kind of a running back. Phillip Rivers is very comfortable using that, that style of a runner, um, that guy out of the backfield that he, can, that he can look to to throw the football. Yeah, Austin Eckler is... Um, that's a good point on your part. And and I was saying it more so if you were the Aaron Jones or I think if you would just have Jamal Williams, that's probably an easy one. Um, 
these questions that, you know, these scenarios that we're talking about, it's if you're the Aaron Jones owner. If if Jamal Williams is on your bench and you have Aaron Jones as well. Um, because in most other situations, Jamal Williams is, yes, he is droppable. Um, all right, well, let's look at the second burning question that I had. And, Pat, it's will on Johnson finally get his chance to be featured soon? Um I don't know because the way I look at these splits right now between him and we've talked about this for, you know, two weeks now, two or three weeks now is the split between him and LeGarrette Blunt, 37 carries, four carry on Johnson, 35 for Blunt. Um, this is the crazy part. LeGarrette Blunt has 19 carries for 34 yards over the last two games, 1.79 yards per carry. Carry on Johnson, 21 carries, 125 yards over the last two games, nearly six yards per carry he's been nearly six yards per carry the entire season so does Matt Patricia wise up eventually here or is this going to be an even split and is carry on Johnson and RB3 the rest of the season I mean I think he's an he's an RB3 with upside I don't I can't tell you whether he's gonna he's gonna get more carries or not I mean that's up to Matt Patricia and Matt Patricia alone and, you know, I don't see any reason why the Heat carry on Johnson shouldn't get more and more work going forward. But that's, you know, that's what we do in fantasy. We look at these situations and go, why doesn't carry on Johnson get more touches? Why are they not giving Kenyon Drake the ball? We do this every single year where you're just <laughs> sitting there like, why did, why, back when Lamar Miller was in Miami, you're always like, look at Lamar Miller. He's dominating whenever they give him the ball. Why don't they give him more carries? It's just, fantasy is frustrating in a lot of these ways. And it's just not like, you just got to kind of, like I would like to have Carry on Johnson on my team. I was just going to ask you he's, that. He's if you're... playing well, and he has a lot of upside. Say, Theoretic gets injured. Say, Laguerre Blunt gets injured. Say, Matt Patricia finally gets smart. Then Carry on Johnson could be a stud because he looks good. But he also could be Joe Mixon like last year. Why wasn't Joe Mixon getting the ball more? Well, they have Jeremy Hill who likes to, you know, run into the line and fall down. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's frustrating, but yeah. you got these guys are to have. And if you have a, str- a strong team and you can trade away some pieces, they're guys to target because fantasy owners might be getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. And these guys have real upside. Yeah. Um, like Sony Michelle, look, he, I mean, Burkhead went down, and Sony Michelle all of a sudden has a nice, really nice guaranteed workload. Opportunity. Well, as much as guaranteed as you can in the Patriots offense. But Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, with, with Michelle, we're looking at somebody who's going to be getting 15 carries a week now. Yeah. That looks like a yeah, real thing a the rest offense. of the season. Yep, yep exactly. Offense is coming into its own at this point. Now, would you rather have on Johnson or Tariq Cohen in a PPR league rest of season? on Johnson. Okay. Um... I, I mean, I like I've was, I've been a guy who's liked Tariq Cohen a lot this year, mm-hmm. and I did drop him for Duke Johnson. You know, a guy that I think is the better version of Tariq Cohen, um, which hasn't worked out so far, but we'll see. Uh, I just don't know how that is going to go ahead and work out the rest of the year. I mean, Tariq Cohen had that one big breakout game. Who knows if that's just how they happen to you know draw the to draw it up this that week? Because I mean, what Jordan Howard did nothing. So yeah. do we, do we think Jordan Howard's going to do nothing the rest of the year? I mean, I don't know if Tariq Cohen's going to continue to get work in this offense or not. I'm pumped to have Tariq Cohen, but I, you know, he's a, he's a question mark as well. I'd rather have on Johnson because I think he's a little bit more guaranteed to have a workload. on Johnson or Marshawn Lynch rest of season? I would go Marshawn Lynch. I would too. Okay. I I am trying to trade away Marshawn Lynch though. If you get Mar- if you could trade away Marshawn Lynch and like 
for carry on Johnson another piece. I mean, they're a little close. I don't know if you'd be able to do it, but I would try mm-hmm. to. Uh, would you rather have Adrian Peterson over carry on Johnson the rest of the season? Yeah, probably. I mean, Peterson's getting that workload too, and he looks really good. As long as he stays healthy, he should be getting that's That's my worry with both those guys is that they're not going to stay healthy. And again, he's another right. guy. And I we've already trade. seen now that Peterson get banged up last night. Yeah. He's a guy I would look to trade. Mm-hmm. Um, carry on Johnson, one more here, or Corey Davis, rest of season. Carry on, just because I like running backs better. Okay, and one more carry on, or this might actually be easy now based on your answer, but Amari Cooper. Yeah, easy. carry on. We're yeah. off of Cooper for yeah. right now, just the inconsistency. I honestly, right? I think I'd honestly rather have Corey Davis than Amari Cooper. He's getting the targets. It's just that offense, you know. If mm-hmm. Mariota can string it together, some wins and. You is know, carry on is carry on maybe a better option? I know I'm I'm dragging this out a little bit, but I'm, more names popping into my head here: Alshon Jeffrey, Julian Edelman. Are they better options than? I'd rather have Julian Edelman. Well, no, no, I'd rather. Have, uh, In a PPR league, I think I would rather have I Edelman. Think I'd rather have Edelman, yeah. Because you know you're going to get those seven or eight targets, yeah. I think every week. Yeah. Um, from Tom Brady and that week, we I saw think that. It's, I think it's one. team dependent. If you really need a running back, I'd rather you know I'd rather have carry on. But yeah. for most leagues, most teams, I would rather have Edelman. Okay, and Alshon, you'd rather have? I think I might rather have carry on. Alshon right. is just. I mean, he. I feel like he's just gonna be very up and down. He's yeah. He, he's inconsistent for sure. We saw that in his second game back from injury. Um, had just, I think he only had three or four catches this past week. Um, okay, and then the last of the three burning questions, which Eagles running back is the one to own? I probably should have put this number one because this is off the Jay Ajayi news with the torn ACL. This is maybe the biggest burning question, what fantasy owners really want to know. Yeah, I mean, there's four guys there that you really could talk about. I mean, really three, but you also have, what's his name? Um, uh, that guy, he's, I think he's from... Uh, Notre Dame, there, there's a run, run draft. Josh Adams? Josh, Josh Adams, yeah. I completely forgot about yeah, him. Is he's, he on he, the he's active been, roster? Yeah, he's been getting carries. Oh. He's been getting carries. When, okay. When, when Clement or when, Shows what I yeah, know. Yeah, when Clement was down, he's <laughs> I, been, he got a few carries. Not okay. anything okay. crazy, but, I mean, Clement's shown pretty good things when he's been healthy. He's currently questionable. He did practice this week. Um, so I would most like to have him. Now, I think Wendell Smallwood would be a great addition, especially if if uh, they end up sitting Corey Clement this week. I think he could have a good, really nice Now, Clement, Clement suited last weekend. Yeah. He was in an emergency situation. Okay. If they okay. needed needed another running back, he would have came in. I would be more— So I think he will play as I would be more week. apt to start Smallwood this week if I had both of them on my team just because I know Small was going to get a workload, and I think it's going to be split. I mean, it's going to be split down the middle. It's, I mean, maybe not down the middle, but I think that it's going to be pretty game flow dependent. And, you know, Smallwood's more of the, you know, kind of change of pace role with a little bit, a bigger a bigger guy, but still in that more of that change of pace role than, than Corey Clement is. Now, and, you don't, and don't forget about Sproles. If he ends up coming back this year, he could really get in, uh, carve himself out a nice role for whenever he's in there. Uh, so... Right. Let's talk about yeah. Darren Sproles. So so he's still recovering from that hamstring injury. He saw seven targets in week one and added five carries. So mm-hmm. he had five catches, 10, 10 total touches. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's going to be a real 
piece of this offense once he comes back. I think so, and especially without a Jai there. I mean, they play very, very different roles, but that's going to make this. I mean, losing a Jai, they don't have a, a pounder anymore. They don't have that bruising back like a Jai anymore. So they're going to have to change a little bit of their philosophy. So mm-hmm. maybe they go to the more pass happy attack like they had last year and just keep Sproles out in the field a little bit more. Yeah. It's a deaf boss, Billy. We'll see if they trade for somebody. We'll yeah, see if that you know, would, I mean, if they trade for somebody. The news today is well, it's not news yet, but they could trade for Le'Veon Bell. I don't, I, would, I don't I see that happening. That. I would love that. <laughs> Get him off the team. Uh, I heard today somebody said Ronald Darby in a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, I would take that. Yeah. For uh, Le'Veon Bell, I yep. mean, I don't, I don't know. Or, um, or Lashawn McCoy is another option. That would be sweet. I Get heard LeSean that on McCoy to come back. Yep. Um, yeah, LaShawn McCoy, Bill said that was another option that they had talked about. But yeah, so so just be aware if you're if you're rushing to the waiver wire tonight to put in a claim for um you know, obviously you might not be listening to this podcast until tomorrow now that's you know, we're broadcasting on or recording on Tuesday afternoon. Um but the point is, you know, if you're rushing to go get Corey Clement, if you're rushing to go get Wendell Smallwood, just beware that there's a guy named Darren Sproles who's going to maybe get 8 to 10 touches a game when he comes back too. So that's one thing to consider. I know he's 35 years old. He's battling a hamstring issue that's kept him out since week one or after week one. Um, So, again, just something to consider when you're putting your claims in for these guys. I don't think that either of these guys deserve more than 30% of your budget, and that might even be a lot. I, I don't know, depending on what your situation is. Right now, so for example... I'm in a league where $1,000 is the budget. I have $787. I was going to get myself down to... Now, this, the reason I say this is because this is a very competitive league. And it's already been very, very aggressive. I missed out on a couple claims that I thought, wow, like I'll get this guy for sure. Uh, Philip Lindsay was one of them. I think I put in 20% of my budget. Somebody put in 40%. So, and that was before Philip Lindsay was really doing anything. Now, the one thing I'll say about the league you're talking about is it's a really, really deep bench league. So these guys that do end up showing up are a lot more valuable than exactly. than, a, than a league where, you know, it, that you can kind of just play the waiver wire a little bit more. This, this is a league where you, what, you have 10 bench spots or something? Yeah, and that was the point I was going to get to is, is the league structure matters. Very your, much Your so. bench obviously matters. That's a bit much deeper league. So in a league like that, I'm putting forward 28% of my budget right now. I think I might even jack that you up. You probably have to jack If I'm you want, gonna, really want to get them, you're going to have to jack it up. I'm probably going to jack that up a little bit. Um, now again, And you, it's also a no-trade league. Yeah. Uh, that so, matters yeah. too. You yeah. can't make any trades, so can't make any moves. And I mean, it, it's also the strategy. You say, okay, maybe I don't get get uh, Smallwood, but uh, that's another person out of the running for the next guy. You know, this, this might just be you look and see. Okay, they get what? There's Corey Clement maybe out there, and, and Smallwood. I don't know. Clement's but, the one I put in for. So they're both out there in this league. They are not both out there. I don't believe. Okay. Maybe I didn't look on Smallwood. I prefer Clement. Oh, me too. But I'm saying like. You know, you might try for both of them, and if you don't Maybe. get both of them, you just say, okay, well, look at that. There's two guys out of then running for the next guy because I've all got all this cash stacked up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how I want to approach yet, but I'm probably going to jack there, that up. This is, this is a league where my waivers don't clear until Wednesday night. I have two leagues like that. So this is this is one. They, they're, they're no ad drop leagues. So it's just blind, oh, yeah. it's just blind bidding. Yeah. That's the only thing you can do. Okay. Um, and they run twice a week. So, um, 
that's kind of the situation I'm in right now. So that's a little bit of it, you know, advice on the Eagles' backfield. Taking a look at some of the numbers between the splits. If you're deciding between Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement, um, taking a look at the numbers. 25 carries, 150 yards and a touchdown, 10 receptions, 96 yards and a touchdown. So 35 total touches, um, nearly 250 total yards and a couple scores so far for Wendell Smallwood. Weeks two through four, he had uh, about 30 plays per game, uh, 30 snaps per game for Wendell Smallwood. Weeks two through four. And for Corey Clement in weeks two and three that he um uh, that he played, he didn't play the last two weeks. In weeks two and three, he averaged 39 plays per game. So I think this is going to be a pretty even split. You throw Darren Sproles into the mix if they don't trade for a running back, if they don't pick up anybody. Say Josh Adams gets three carries a game or something, two carries a game. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of this is going to fall on Carson Wentz at this point. Then it's going to be a a pretty ugly, ugly split <laughs> between Sproles, Smallwood, and Clement. Um, so pick your poison with those guys. I'm going to go Clement though. That's kind of my guy right now. Uh, all right, let's talk about where I was right and where I was wrong from the weekend where I was right. Mark Ingram over carry on Johnson. I called that one 85. Both these guys had okay games, even though Johnson Mm -hmm. got hurt 85 total yards for Johnson, two receptions, 10 and a half fantasy points in PPR Ingram, 73 total yards, two receptions added that touchdown, which was huge. And he got you 15.3 points um, in fantasy. We won't talk too much more about these guys. We just talked a lot about Ingram and Carrion Johnson earlier. Into my second position where I was right, Corey Davis over Calvin Ridley. Though this wasn't so sexy because neither of these guys did anything. Uh, I'm going to say I was right because technically I was right. Um, Four receptions, 49 yards for Davis on six targets. Four receptions, 38 yards for for Ridley on five targets, 8.9 fantasy points for Davis, 7.8 for Ridley. So both kind of disappointing days in matchups that we thought were going to be pretty good. Um, Pat, which one of these guys were you more disappointed in on on Sunday? The fact the Falcons were at the at the Steelers and that secondary, or the fact that you know Tennessee's offense did nothing and Corey Davis did nothing to Buffalo. You know, I didn't expect it out of the. Atlanta, you know, uh, Tennessee, you could tell me that they did bad against Buffalo. I'm like, yeah, well, Tennessee, Atlanta doing bad against Pittsburgh. I mean, as a Steelers fan, we've been getting torched and maybe, I don't know, like, you know, the, uh, maybe like, you know, Julio didn't have a catch till like the the fourth quarter or something like, you know, yeah, yeah, second half. I heard that um, uh, Hayden was uh, shadowing in the whole game. So that might be something to remember for the rest of the year, trying to think, okay, maybe like, especially this upcoming week, like maybe you should lower your expectations for AJ Green. You know, I don't know. You're definitely not sitting AJ Green by any means, but maybe you should think, look at the guy and be like, maybe I need some more upside on this team because AJ Green might not be his normal, you know, 20 points. Because the Bengals, Steelers play at the Bengals yeah, exactly. this, this Sunday. Yes. Um, that's what we're getting at there. Um yeah, I thought it was interesting. Somebody, I heard this on a podcast the other day, and somebody had said, and I, sorry, I'm not crediting the right person because I, I can't remember off the top of my head who it was. Um, you know, said that the Steelers, I think it was Locked On Steelers podcast, mm-hmm. and they said that basically uh, the Falcons looked like they didn't want to be there Sunday. And the more I thought about that, I was at the game, and I think back on like a lot of the plays and stuff that happened. That makes sense. 
Like, they did not. They actually did not look like they wanted to be there. And that's crazy because that was a must-win game for them. I mean, know? they were 1-3. Yeah. They needed that win, you know. I mean, yeah. they got, I know they got a lot of guys injured, and it might feel to them like, "Oh yeah, you know, this isn't our year." But you gotta win, you know. Yeah, especially when you have that kind of talent on offense, and you know, you Matt Ryan, and it looked like they were, they, you know, they he targeted Austin Hooper a lot, um, checking the ball down a little bit. None of the running backs really got involved a ton. It was just, it was a tough day, but anyway, back to Calvin Ridley. I was surprised too that he did not get get more going. I thought he would score a touchdown in this game. Um, look, I think for rest of season purposes, it's going to be a little bit hit and miss with Calvin Ridley. He's a rookie. We don't typically see rookies, um, you know, have a consistent season, 16 games. That just does not happen very often. And look, he's in an offense with a very dominant receiver opposite him. So, and Mohamed Sanu is still a thing. Like they're not going to just, you know, Mohamed Sanu isn't going to be benched. I don't think. No, no. I think maybe we see Ridley play a little bit more, maybe more yeah. snaps or something. But but Sanu is still going to play his, you know, I think 30, 30-plus snaps, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be up and down for Calvin Ridley. If you own him, I still want him on my team. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just don't know if you can start him on a week-to-week basis, and you're going to be kind of picking your poison a little bit. Um, it's kind of almost like I, I the person that I think of when I talk about Calvin Ridley in that sense is Marvin Jones when he first got to Detroit and we first you know last year was a good year but he's always kind of that hit or miss you know if he's scoring he's good if he's not uh, you're not getting what you want out of him and Calvin Ridley feels like he's going to have one of those years as well six touchdowns already which is great but it is going to be inconsistent and Corey Davis look what to say this guy has all the talent in the world top 10 pick top five pick um Marcus Mariota, I just feel like continues to just tick you off as it as uh yeah he's just not good he's, he's just, just not, not good. very good he's just not very good he shows he you, sucks. every once in a while he'll show you flashes yeah but he just can't be consistent and no. it's almost worse yeah way. when I watched that preseason game I think it was a preseason game maybe I think it was against the Steelers actually week three preseason. And he skipped that ball in front of Corey Davis on a, a wide open skinny post, yeah. about three yards in front of him, and it skipped like two times up to him. I'm like, holy cow! Like this is what we see from Marcus Mariota. Like yeah. this happens too much. Yeah. It's so frustrating. And I wish they could just get things going because with Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis and Corey Davis, there are weapons there. They just need to get the quarterback situation right. So again, Corey Davis is another one who's going to be inconsistent this year. A little bit like Amari Cooper, more talented, I think, but. He's just going to be inconsistent. You're going to get weeks like you did last week when he blew up, and you're also going to get weeks like this week. Okay, number three, where I was right, Austin Hooper. I just talked about him. 12 targets, 9 catches, 77 yards, 16.7 fantasy points. I was really pumped about this one because I nailed it. Uh, and, And look, yeah, you could probably say this was an easy one to call. You saw Austin Hooper out there. You saw a few other guys. You're like, yeah, Austin Hooper seems like the obvious one. But we hadn't seen it from him. He's also another guy who's, much like most of our tight ends in this league, are very inconsistent. Um, heck, even Gronk's starting to fall in that category yeah. right now, which sucks. I'm not worried about Gronk. Neither should you. If anything, I think he's a buy-low candidate. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a terrible tight end situation around the league right now. And Austin Hooper had a big day on Sunday when Matt Ryan was looking for him early and often in that first half. And he really benefited from it again. So I think they have another good matchup this week. If you had Austin Hooper, if you played him against the Steelers, I think you can play him against Tampa Bay at home. 
this weekend too. They're number one uh, in terms of you know you know giving up some yards. I don't yeah. know if it's against tight ends or the passing game. I saw a stat where they were number one against or worst against, I should say, um, that situation. So Austin Hooper is a guy I think you can start again this week. Now, the one thing I will say is, with especially with Austin Hooper, it, it seemed like the Steelers played a strategy where they were just like, you know what? What we're going to do is just let you have these short yardage. They're kind of that bender break defense where they're bender, bender don't break kind of defense where they're like, you know what? We're going to let you get these passes to to, uh, to Hooper over the middle, and we're going to prevent you th- to, from throwing to Calvin Ridley and Julio. And you know what? And Matt Ryan just every time took the bait. You know, I mean, maybe that's why Julio wasn't getting um, targeted a lot or, or thrown to a lot early, just because, you know, the Steelers were just kind of uh, con- content to just let Austin Hooper do whatever he wanted across the middle and just were saying, you know what? We're not going to let Julio beat us. We're not going to let Calvin Ridley beat us. If Austin Hooper wants to catch 10, 20 passes, fine by me. He's not going to win the game for him. So maybe that was their strategy. I think Austin Hooper's a good play, bit. especially yeah. with how horrendous this tight end landscape is but you know i mean and then and then, i mean for me he wasn't out there um this week in in my one league where i had uh um what's his name the, spit it out the uh the bears tight end uh, trey burton trey burton on a buy so i picked up ricky seals jones and uh. yeah he had a great day for no catches and no yards you know Nice zero, on, fat zero on my lineup, along with Mason Crosby. You know, Yuck. helped me lose a game by two and a half points. That one I was talking about, Breeze trying to come back and be Superman for me, but uh, yeah, that was kind of that left a bad taste in my mouth. Also, I had to jive with a zero and a half points on that. Yeah, that's that, nice. That yeah. yeah, we'll talk about Ricky Seals Jones here in a minute. Um, little sneak peek there. The Falcons' schedule coming up, they get the uh, like I mentioned, they get the Buccaneers. Um, let me pull it up. Sorry, I'm clicking all around here, trying to get it pulled up. Clickmaster. Yeah, it's my computer's being funny. Anyway, um, all right. Well, anyway, well, oh, here we go. All right, they get the Buccaneers, and then, and then they get the Falcons at home, um, and then they go to Washington, and then they go to the Browns. So it's actually. It's actually Bucks, then Giants, then a bye, then at Washington, then at the Browns. So I think you can hold on to Hooper again, maybe for another week or two, um, you know, and then and then let him go through the bye if you're in a you know a dire situation, you know, like a lot of people are with yeah. their tight ends right, right. now. Uh, that's that's a real thing, and you know has not been pretty so far. Um, okay, and then my sit of the week, I was spot on with this. Devontae Freeman, I was worried about his usage in this game, first game coming off the knee injury. I thought they would use um, Tevin Coleman more. It, it worked out pretty much how I, I felt it would work. Freeman didn't even get over half of the running back touches in this game. Um, 41 total yards, two receptions, 6.1 fantasy points. And there was somebody, I was talking to uh, somebody over the weekend, and they were like, you know, do you want to, is my girlfriend's uh, mom's cousin, but anyway, he wanted to know, I think it was, he was starting Devontae Freeman, and I cannot remember who was on his bench now, but I said, you should probably start this guy instead of, and he should have, he should have started him over Devontae Freeman. Um, And I, this is exactly what I was worried about. Sorry for the crappy uh, description there, because I cannot remember now off the top of my head who that other running back was. But but the point is, Devontae Freeman, 
like I said, 41 total yards, two receptions, 6.1 fantasy points. Not a good day, and the usage was not there. But moving forward, I wouldn't panic too much. I still think, Pat, If I, I don't know if you agree, Devontae Freeman is still probably going to be an RB2 the rest of this season. Yeah, I'm, I I'm not worried about Devonta Freeman. Yeah. I think they'll ease him back into it, and he'll be okay. I'm not worried about Ito Smith vulturing touchdowns. I mean, he'll be fine. Okay, where I was wrong, Amari Cooper over John Brown. Um, both of these guys did not have great days, but nope. John Brown, 14 targets. Yeah, I mean, he's getting a lot of – he's getting the uh, the majority of the work in that offense. I, you know, Michael Crabtree has just not been – a factor there you know he, he even had a drop in the end zone in that game and he just hasn't looked good he just can't catch the ball yeah and now what Brown's, we expected john brown's been looking good I, I am very pumped to have john brown on a bunch of teams well, and i mean flacco did not look good either i mean a lot of this was you know 14 targets and, and john brown not doing well is flacco be playing like you know flacco usually does he you know this, this miracle run he was doing here these past couple weeks they're not that good mm-hmm. uh i think you should you know John Brown's not going to do what he did like crazy, but he's he should get it. He should get. He should be pretty, consistent. I think he he's a wide receiver good, too. Yeah, I, I agree. I think easily now. I don't think he has as much upside as a lot of people thought he did, just because Flacco's not that good of a quarterback to get them the ball. Well, but he should see yeah. consist. He should be consistent. I yeah, think. I mean the targets are going to be there, and and he's a he's a deep ball guy, and and Flacco can throw a pretty decent deep ball, so he's going to get some pretty big plays, and I think he's going to be a solid wide receiver for you the rest of the season. One target, one reception, 10 yards for Amari Cooper. The trend continues of him having one good week and then one terrible week, maybe two terrible weeks in a row. Um, you, can't, so you can't trust him. I mean, unless When do you start him? Like, when? You start him when you are forced to. <laughs> you have a lot of buys. You know, you, you got, you're looking at either starting. Uh, I don't think you can sell him either. I, don't, you know, I wouldn't want to buy him, but I don't know if you can him. sell him. There's nobody that's going to. I mean, so you put him in a trade, even to tack on the end that they would have taken already, and they're going to reject it because nobody wants Cooper, to even see his name. Amari Cooper and Nelson Aguilar rest of season. Aguilar. Okay. Um, I just don't, I don't ever feel comfortable with Amari Cooper in my lineup. Tyler Boyd I'm gonna be, over yeah, Amari I'm Cooper taking, rest of I'm season. I'm taking Boyd. Dude, I, wow. I do not wow. want. Really I down. don't want Amari Cooper in my lineup. He's a, he's a landmine, dude. He's going to give you that one point. I mean, if, if say Amari Cooper has two games in a row with 18 points, are you going to want to? Are you going to feel comfortable starting him? No, no, no. That's yeah, tough. It's tough. We got to see it for like three or four games in a row yeah, or something at that point, yep. um, and that doesn't seem likely. Number two, where I was wrong, Kirk Cousins over Blake Bortles. But you know what? I'm really ticked off about this one because Blake Bortles sucks. He threw four picks. Yeah, he and the fact that he got terrible. 24 fantasy points is such a Blake Bortles day. That is very much a Blake Bortles day. He digs him a hole so he can try to 430 yards. Yep, he, he digs him a hole so he can try to pad his stats to climb out of it. Yeah, he should, we should have him on the show. Yep. Pad the stats. Yep. Blake he, Bortles would be does. perfect. Him and Matt Stafford, classic Maybe stat we should, patterns. Yeah. We should have an endorsement. Yeah, we but, need yeah, a we, Blake Bortles endorsement for this show. Yeah, pad this. Blake Bortles, the official. The, old, the, the official stat. stat pad for for pad stats. Pad statter. I don't know where this is going, but ah, it makes total sense. Thirty-three of sixty-one. Again, four hundred thirty yards, one touchdown, four picks. And Cousins was the better quarterback, way better. Thirty of thirty-seven, three hundred one yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, just. But, you know, just 15.6 fantasy points. Yeah. But he looked Ho-hum, good. But, yeah. but he looked good, and they played well. Um, big win there for the Vikings, too, over the Eagles. And tight end stream of the week. You might be saying to yourself, wait, I thought you got the tight end of the stream week right. Well, I had two. 
My second one was Ricky Seals-Jones because a, t- a tight end, like I said last week, has scored a touchdown against the Niners in every single week. Well, that just came to an end. He couldn't even get a catch. Six targets, no catches for him. I, I didn't bomb. catch any of that game, really. Um, I don't know if it was on um, Josh Rosen or if that's on Ricky Seals-Jones, but either way, a disappointing day yeah. where – Probably a good amount of people were trying to stream him. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a, there were a good amount of there were a couple tight ends on by with all the, without with all the uh, injuries going on. You know, people were gonna people were looking to, to him to do something, and if you didn't happen to get Austin Hooper, you might you might have went to him like I did, and you know, we're very very disappointed, and it might have cost you a day like it did me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, yeah, tough day for Ricky Sills Jones. Not somebody I'm going to want to stream in the no. future in a good matchup just because of what we saw today. And obviously, Josh Rosen in that passing offense still has a long way to go. He's a rookie. We expect that kind of stuff. It's going to happen. And then finally, my start of the week where I was wrong, and this one ticks me off too, maybe even more so than Bortles, is Matt Breida because I was on track to nail this one. I mean, nail it. I'm talking 13 snaps for Matt Breida. He had Let's see, he had nine, nine touches in those 13 snaps, 61 total yards in the first quarter and a touchdown. I Very mean, nice. he was going to go off. He was going to have a monster day. I really believe that against a very bad and a very vulnerable Cardinals defense in terms of how they defend the running back. And then he had his third-season-ending injury of the year. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and, yes. Matt he's, becoming, he's quickly becoming LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's turned into Arian Foster yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, no, Arian Foster just had season-ending injuries. No, you're right. He's turned into Lash- Demaryius Thomas. Well, LaShawn, McCoy, like, LaShawn McCoy is a guy you just see his knee twist well, 180 degrees, and then you go, <laughs> well, he's done for the year, and he, two plays later he's back out in the field. <laughs> Demaryius Thomas is the same yeah, way. Crawls yeah. to the sideline yeah. every play, and then he, he's back in there. Um, but, yeah, Matt Breida, again, here's somebody that you – if you have him on your team, like I do in my most important league, I'm holding on to him because I think that this offense is going to have to run through him with C.J. Beathard. And he's proven that he's very efficient when he touches the yeah, football. Yeah, very efficient. I would almost hope that they kind of reduce his workload a little bit just to keep him healthy. You know, he's been taking a lot of uh, – you try to get him in, in areas that he can excel and then use uh, then use uh, Alfred Morris as your between-the-tackles guy. Try to keep him on his feet so he doesn't, you know, rip a ligament somewhere <laughs> finally. Yeah. But, yes, Matt Breed, I think, is a, is a borderline RB2, RB3 – the probably the rest of the season if you want to consider him an rb2 maybe in a 14 team league i think that's fine and you know i was thinking about this on the way home just kind of a real quick aside if jared mccannon stayed healthy how do you think he'd be doing right now breed has shown that that type of guy could be could work very well would Breida have been take, jumping into his workload? I mean, Breida looks good. Would he have got the opportunity to do what he's doing? Or would they have just fed Jarek McKinnon and let him do this kind of work? Tough to speculate. Yeah. I really don't know. Because we never saw a workload from Jarek McKinnon in his career. Um, I don't know. I really don't know he how that would He seems to be like went. a Breida, maybe a more durable, a bigger Breida. Yeah. But, like... It's going to be interesting have, next year, yeah. what they do. Yeah. Because it's going to be like a... A split, like 12, 12 yeah. carries, 10 carries. Yeah. 
you know, that kind of split, like, what's it going to be? Very, but. very happy. I traded for him in Dynasty. What I, no, I traded, traded I, away. I traded him traded away, away like a week yeah. before for Freeman, and I was pretty pumped. I mean, Freeman yeah. hasn't been great for me, but he's not out for the season. So yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that is our three burning questions. My where I was wrong, where I was right from week five. Um, I don't know. Do we have anything else? Do we want to? really touch on on this podcast no i think, we're, I think good. we're good we got to we got to a little bit it wasn't my traditional recap of you know winners and losers but i want to switch it up from time yeah. to time it's good to switch it up a little and bit let us know what you guys like too. and let us know what everybody likes you know we if we're up for suggestions you know we're trying to figure out what works for us what times work what everybody wants you know if you have if you have any questions let us know on twitter you know hit us up at pad the stats uh, if you have if you have any th- any suggestions for the show, any things you'd like us to go over, we're op- we're we're all ears, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. And big news, Spotify. We are now officially on Spotify. Officially, I was having some issues with it. We're in the big time, baby. It wasn't. They weren't showing up for about a week, but I got that all situated. So find the podcast on Spotify. All you have to do is search "Pad the Stats." Also, like I say every time, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio five different places where you can listen to the podcast so it's always yeah. accessible we're on for twitter you. we're on facebook we're on instagram we're we're all on linkedin yeah. we're on snapchat yeah so i post everywhere um but yes thank you for listening to the show we'll do a we're going to do a podcast again tomorrow night wednesday october 10th we're going to look at um what are we going to look at we're going to do a thursday night football preview we're going to do a waiver wire recap we're going to talk about some guys that maybe mm-hmm. we targeted in the in the waiver yep. wire this week the reason we didn't do a waiver wire preview this week, we got to this one a little bit late. Yeah. Um, I was at the game Sunday, kind of just threw things off. So we're going to do that. We are going to talk about, um, we're going to do some grade the trade again tomorrow too, which will be fun. So a lot of topics to get to on Wednesday. And uh, in the meantime, everybody, good luck on your waiver wire picks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See you later. Good luck.